one of these days, one of these days, yeah. we'll get it right. We have to think of something clever instead of what? just saying hi. I don't, I mean, we're not, you know, what are we bringing to the table other than our personalities <laughs> here? I mean, we're just saying hello. Right, but our personality is more exciting than hi. I think that's so fucking funny, though, yo. <laughs> I think that's really good. <laughs> I think it's, 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 uh, it's setting the bar low. Okay. For uh, those of, those people listening. For the first time. Send me a message on, on Instagram or wherever you found out about this and... <laughs> Give me a suggestion of something to say other than hi. Yeah, why don't you give us something to say every week at the top? We'll say whatever you want us to say within reason and as long as it doesn't violate, you know, the Geneva Convention. We'll hold uh, someone ransom for yeah. you. We will, I will kidnap somebody. <laughs> I will literally kidnap, I won't. I, and also, I'm not physically fit enough to kidnap a person and I don't have a license and it wouldn't work, um, needless oh. to say. Anyway, moving right along. Welcome Another to week. Here's What We Know podcast featuring Ellen and Elliot. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, another week, another donut. I, I don't know. Uh, how's it going with you? It's going good. Yeah? Daylight savings happened. Wow. Changing everything. Game changer. <laughs> For sure. Um, I was For telling sure. Elliot that on the way here, I was like walking down this, it was like a movie. I was walking down the street, like New York is amazing. <laughs> so sunny. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that voice more. I haven't heard that before. Love it. Love it. And then I got on the train and two women started yelling at the top of their lungs at each other on a rush hour train. So that's where, that's where I'm at today. Yeah. But it's still bright out, which has never happened for us. It's nice. recording. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. How are you? Um, it's getting warm, so I'm not <laughs> thrilled. Honestly, my day-to-day -day right. is getting worse as the days get warmer. Right. So you're wearing right now a button-down shirt and a suit jacket. So yeah, what a happens? Blazer. A blazer. Sorry. <laughs> so what happens when it gets like 15 degrees warmer? Absolutely nothing, Ellen. Would you believe it? Absolutely nothing changes. I, I mean, I've taken out the sweaters, so the, that's all gone. Um, oh. And it's a bummer, because sweaters are my shit, yo. I can't not... I, don't you transfer to all linens at I, some point? <laughs> <laughs> all white linens. I appreciate that attention to detail. Mm -hmm. um, I do have my linens, but I didn't bring them with me. Uh, but I'm going to be in California from... Mid June through mid August. Oh, God bless you. So I won't be here for the worst of it. Yeah, but you'll be in California. Right, but it's a drier heat in California, okay. and I can handle that. And now we're talking about weather on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. You get a little bit of everything. You just pick and choose, and uh, tomorrow there you will go. be a sunny fifty. <laughs> I wish. Six babies died in a hospital fire. <laughs> I'm Elliot Masters on, on the, the BBC. BBC. We already used that. I know, but it's a good bit. Anyway, and you can cut it out if you don't want it. All right, uh, the so... floor is yours, Elliot. Oh, grand. Um... <laughs> don't sound excited. <laughs> so here's what, we're... Here's what I know. Um, I give two shits in a martini about politics. I really, I mean, that's my bread and butter. Mm -hmm. um, and I can sit here and wax poetic about, you know, the decline of liberal policies in this country till the cows come home. 
But when Me I'm gonna be too. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> See, this is why we're we're friends because we both know about the decline of yeah. liberal policies and the wake of neoliberal nightmares. Uh, so, 2020 is right around the corner, mm -hmm. and um, what uh, we have to look forward to now is a very, very, very um, large body of candidates from which we can choose from. That I do know. That is, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. On both sides? No, just. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll just cut that out. Yeah. So where should we go? From? We'll start from large primaries. Uh, <laughs> and three, two, one, large primaries. Uh, no, what we're, uh, but what we're talking about here is that there are like, you know, upwards of like 16 actual <gasps> candidates wow. who have announced. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through these candidates and talk about some pros and cons, what their big ideas are, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll try to do this uh, at a brisk pace. Right. And let this affect your political choices, I would say. Trust Elliot. I, I definitely <laughs> have done it on your own time. Just do what Elliot says. Listen to me. I'm the only voice that matters. Um, so what's interesting about this race is that where, you know, in 2016, you kind of saw this tug of war situation where, you know, as far as like moving policy to the left or right, there was a lot of, you know, like, give and take as far as where we wanted the country to go, what the Democrats wanted out of, a, out of the party, post-Obama. And there was some messiness there, and that's what led to a kind of uh, difficult uh, and kind of uh, tense primary mm -hmm. uh, in 2016. Uh, but this time around, it's interesting in that everybody is kind of trying to one-up each other with the most liberal policies. So mom is all about that. <sighs> Yeah, but that doesn't seem, I mean, you can answer this for me, but that doesn't, s people don't usually go for the extremely liberal options, well, right? Well, this is where I think there are a lot of myths involved. Okay. I think, honestly, our, our politics have moved so far to the right over the last century. Uh, and uh, the fact of the matter is, when we were at the height the absolute height of um, uh, of success in this country, uh, as far as where we were in like post World War II America. I mean, the richest one percent in the country were being taxed at like somewhere between eighty and uh, like seventy and eighty wow. percent. I mean, on their their uh, annual income. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, I think people forget how the good times were pretty much due to liberal policy. Mm. So, you know, people say, uh, there's, gonna, a, there's, there's a plane an going by. Wait. There's an airplane going by. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I think, I think it's about time for, uh, for another Democrat, a real Democrat to, to run. I mean, we haven't had a real Democrat run since, uh, I don't know, uh, JFK. Bold statement. I, I think it is a. I think it is a bold one, but I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's accurate. Um, uh, so yeah, um, I think the 
the the goal this time around is instead of playing to not lose as far as like the approach for the eventual candidate instead of trying to not lose we should actually run with something you know so I think liberal policy I think progressive policy um, and essentially policy in general needs to be at the forefront <laughs> just of, someone have a policy yeah we just please. need to act like and it can't be about personality anymore sure you're not Obama. Nobody's Obama anymore. Obama happened. You can't play that card anymore. Right. It's got to be about what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially and people when, are, are desperate at this point. Yeah. They need some concrete plans. Flint still doesn't have clean water. Yeah. You fucks. Okay. So here are the candidates. Elliot I'm is already yelling sweating. at the phone like I'm, you guys listening are the problem. <laughs> you all listening are the problem. Um, okay. So, uh, what came out today that's interesting is that Beto O'Rourke has announced that he's running for president, which I thought he already was. No, well, there was there was there was the smattering of whispers about okay. it. But he, you know, it's kind of like too little, too late. Uh, everybody knew about him in 2018 when he ran, lost to Ted Cruz though. Mm. And uh, you know, somebody on Facebook today, a dear friend of mine. Uh, you know, phrased it best. He said, um, basically what should have been announced today is Beto O'Rourke has announced he will not be running against John Cornyn for his Senate seat, uh, which is what he should have done, frankly. In this crowded of a, of a presidential mm-hmm. race, he should have just, you know, you didn't win your Senate race last time around, so maybe just win the Senate race. How about that? Mm-hmm. So all that uh, taken into account, I mean, he doesn't really have a lot of policy ideas either. It's all very vague, kind of, you know. He's very charismatic. He's got, the, he's got that je ne sais quoi. He's yeah. got that Obama je ne sais quoi, the it factor. But that's kind of all he has going for him and that he knows the lingo mm-hmm. with millennials and, you know, yeah. uh, identity politics. I could um, see him, like, kissing some babies on the head. Yeah. <laughs> he looks presidential. Yeah. I mean, but he's that standard, you know... <sighs> straight white guy Mm -hmm. president that we've had, you know, for forever. So uh, I'm not crazy about, you know, maybe he'll make a great running mate, but um, I don't see him getting it. Okay. Um, Next. Next. uh, Hickenlooper, John Hickenlooper. He is the former governor of Colorado, one of the the kiddie table uh, candidates. Hickenlooper? Hickenlooper. H-I-C-K-E-N-L-O-O-P-E-R. Wow. Hickenlooper. Don't want to uh, marry that guy. No. Well, we live in the 21st century. You don't need to take his name. Um, so he was the governor of Colorado. Mm-hmm. His, and his, you know, resume, as it were, quote unquote, speaks for itself in that, you know, he has experience with a rapidly growing economy. He has uh, successfully enforced gun control in his state. Nice. Uh, but his big ideas are essentially just cutting red tape uh, for the cost of doing business and... Um, you know, like increased compliance with regulations and all that kind of bullshit. He's very centrist, very middle of the road, and you know, four more years of you know, competence. Mm-hmm. Uh, not my cup of tea. So right. next, but in my opinion, not the worst thing. I mean, after Trump. Well, sure. Confidence. I'll take I'll take my Chihuahua dachshund <laughs> mix before Trump, but that doesn't mean my Chihuahua will do a good job or will get anybody to get onto the leftist side right. of doing things. You're right. I'm just not informed, so this this is why we're doing this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
another governor, Governor Jay uh, Inslee of Washington State, uh, he's basically running on a platform of environmentalism. I don't think he intends on winning. I don't. I think he's just up there to really kind of push the party left as far, and like commit to environmental policy, cool. strict uh, policy. So. You know, w- mm-hmm. whatever. I love that. I mean, environment is at the top of the list for me. That I mean, we've got 11 years, folks. We've got 11 years to turn this shit around. Uh, so let's get to work, huh? Otherwise, uh, we're doing a... We're... <laughs> are doing a Hunger Games style... Yeah, well, not even Hunger Games. We're like Mad Maxing it up in here. I'm in a boat full of sand, and I'm sweaty, and I'm somebody's <laughs> butt boy. I don't want that for myself, so... Uh, it's a boy. I don't know. I just said it. It just sounded right in the moment. You can believe it. I was it out like, wait, whatever. I haven't seen Mad Max. Is that a por- an important part of the? No, plot? I don't. Well, I mean, it, maybe it's implied in Mad Max, but there never is a reference Mad to Max and Butt Boy and the Butt Boy, the sequel <laughs> to Mad Max. Um, okay, so then there's Bernie Sanders. Correct. Uh, and Bernie ran obviously last time around, didn't win, um, but uh, you know. He is a difficult one to kind of maneuver in the current political state of things. Personally, he has my vote. He's been saying the same thing for 30 years. There's consistency there. And there's a lot of misconception about uh, his outreach to um, uh, communities of color in regards to his presidential campaign in 2016. But if you look at the polling data, he was actually polling far better with millennial people of color than Hillary Clinton was at the time. Mm. Uh, that's something that's always brushed under the rug, and it's kind of the myth that, that people keep touting that he he isn't. He has a long way to go, and he is a 78-year-old white man from Vermont, well, from Brooklyn, and now he's the senator for Vermont. But, uh, you know, needless to say, he's rough around the edges, and there needs to be some, you know, work done there. But he is, I mean, he's the OG progressive. He was pitching, you know, free public college tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to do that by um, uh, taxing financial transactions. And he wants to increase social security benefits, which the majority of Americans want. Mm-hmm. And he wants to pay for that by subjecting all incomes over uh, uh, $250,000 to uh, the 6.2 payroll tax. And he's big on unions. And if there's one thing we need again in America, it's fucking unions. Mm-hmm. Oh, do we? <laughs> um, so that's, I won't say too much more about Bernie. Uh, he's, you know, you, we've got it. We've heard a lot about him. So, uh, you know. The next um, person on the list I think is really interesting. Uh, it's Amy Klobuchar, a senator uh, uh, from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, her big thing is she wants to make it easier for small and mid-sized U.S. businesses to export goods worldwide. I mean, that's kind of like the only thing she's talking about. That's very specific. She's very centrist. She's, she's the Goldilocks candidate is what people are calling her. Not too mm. left, not too right. Very middle of the road. Her big thing is that she likes to say is that she has grit. She said that like 12 times <laughs> on Rachel Maddow two weeks ago. What? She just kept saying that she has grit. Um, I mean, what even is grit? Like, who who defines like what grit? But you know, like you're gonna <laughs> describe grit with hus- chutzpah? <laughs> I don't. It's not more descriptive. <laughs> like you know, like uh, 
Yeah. I put on my pants one leg at a time, or you know, I'm like. So like all of us. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. You know, they. She's I'm just making great... a point. That no, it's true. What I mean, does grit mean? What does grit mean? That word out grit there. is what gets into an oyster, and uh, that grit over several things becomes a pearl. <laughs> that's grit in my And that's my her book. campaign slogan. Uh, it's a grit is you a get thing that gets it's a very long, very long. You got to you got to get a magnifying glass in there. Um, but what's really interesting about Amy though is that she's incredibly mean. And there's a lot of drama that's come out about her over the and what I'm going to talk about specifically is Combgate. Uh, where she was on a flight and her assistant didn't get, one of her uh, staffers didn't get, uh, well, they got her lunch. They got her a, like a boxed salad, right? So she's sitting there on the plane with this boxed salad. She, she doesn't have a fork. And oh. she loses her shit. Oh, no. And she just berates the shit out of the staffer. But then she proceeds to eat that salad with a, with a fucking comb she got <laughs> from her purse. And ate the salad with the comb and then made the staffer wash the comb. So, power move, but nasty. I I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, that's impressive. A girl is hungry. Sure, but do you have to berate? Yeah, no, you didn't have to yell at you. She's thrown binders at people. <gasps> she like, and I was like, I was like, okay, is this just tearing down a strong woman? Because she did get a lot of good press in the Kavanaugh hearings, right? She really tore him a new one, which was awesome. Cool. But then I checked with my friend Sam, who is from Minneapolis, uh, and he's a leftist like myself, and he was like, no, this is stuff we've been talking about with Amy Klobuchar for decades. My dad worked in state government. This is something that's been mm. going on for a while. So, okay, great. One binder per year. She yeah, throws she throws a binder a year at a person. <laughs> it's kind of like Groundhog Day. It hits him, bleed, gets a nosebleed. You know, he got 12 more weeks of winter. Um, okay, moving right along, though. Uh, probably one of my favorite candidates up is Senator Elizabeth Warren. Uh, who I uh, adore with I like every her. fiber of my being. Um, she I don't pledges... know why I like her. That's why I'm a swing vote. <laughs> You're right. a swing vote? Okay. Um, no, you know what I mean. Like I, yeah. I, I like her and I can't explain why. I'm just going along with the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. She's from Massachusetts. We went to school in Boston. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, she's a woman. Unfortunately, I am... You know, unfortunately. No, but like, not unfortunately, but irresponsibly, I've just, I just want a woman. Sure. To, I mean, I think it's about successful. time. How did, how did England get uh, two female They're prime still drinking before? tea and we don't have <laughs> a female president? We, they are the ultimate boys club. How yeah. the fuck do they have women prime ministers before we do? I mean, Thatcher. I don't love Thatcher. I think Thatcher is probably one of the worst things to happen to that country next to, like, Nigel Farage, but that's a story for another day. Um, right, because I don't know who you're talking about. Nigel so. Farage was one of the big proponents of Brexit and, you know, leaving oh. the, the mm -hmm. EU. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, you know, that old <laughs> chest us as well. Um, okay, so Elizabeth Warren, antitrust, uh, progressive wealth. She wants to put a wealth tax on 2% of the net worth uh, of people making over... 50 million a year and 3% over 1 billion, uh, designed to raise $2.75 trillion over a decade. So raising the percentage rates on net income, not uh, annual. Oh, um, what's yeah. the difference? Net, well, net worth is your 
what you what, what, what how you, much you're worth total, regardless of what year it is. It's just how much. So you're who worth. was the other candidate that said it was two hundred fifty thousand that they wanted to tax? Uh, that was Bernie Sanders wanting to tax people making over two hundred fifty thousand annually, annually okay. uh, on a six point two payroll tax. Got it. Um, so they both are of the same school of thought, right. which is gonna, which is why Iowa and New Hampshire, New Hampshire in particular, is gonna be interesting for the primaries because that's kind of the soul of the party as far as how left are we gonna go. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm interested to see where that goes, uh, and if they're gonna, you know, how amicable things are gonna be between those two who are very mm -hmm. similar in their ideals, um, mm -hmm. but. Bernie has sworn not to run a negative campaign, which is great. Um, so hopefully, you know, things go according to plan. Uh, then there's Senator Cory Booker from your state Woo! of New Jersey. Uh, He's a little bit, um, people question his, right? Well, he's in the pocket of Big Pharma. Okay. He, he has a lot of money coming his way. Okay. He has a lot of money coming his way. Um, but he has some really interesting ideas. Uh, that I think he would have better luck passing as just a senator, which is like oh. the, the baby bond bill. Uh, the baby bond bill is that every time a child is born in this country, a treasury bond is given to them and is held for them. Uh, That's and, awesome. Yeah, and more money in those bonds are given to lower income uh, babies wow. so that by the time they're 18, they actually have a nest egg. That's incredible. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great uh, bill. And I think, uh, I think that will inevitably happen if we get a Democrat into the White House. Um, you think no matter who it is? That I happens? think it's a really great idea. And I think if uh, he remains, as I think he will remain, the senator of New Jersey, I think that will inevitably be passed. Cool. Um, I hope so, because it's a great bill. That's really cool. Um, and, um, okay, then there is uh, Senator Kamala Harris uh, of my state of California. Mm -hmm. uh, she um, she has a lot of big donors, but they're mostly stuff like Warner Media, the University of California, uh, the Google Parent Company, Alphabet Inc., uh, 21st Century Fox, and uh, the law firm Venable. Um, but uh, her big policy is LIFT, L-I-F-T, um, is the acronym. Um, uh, monthly cash payment to most middle-class households, uh, uh, and she'd pay for it by reversing the 2017 tax cuts. Basically, uh, you know, if you're a single person uh, over 18, you get a specific amount. If you're uh, single with children, if you're married with children, it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of how taxes work now, but you get a monthly benefit as opposed to waiting till April to get mm. a full year's Yearly. worth of mm -hmm. uh, benefits. Um, hmm. Problem with that is that it doesn't go far enough. Uh, you have to be working and making money every year to receive that benefit, uh, and so it screws over single mothers who uh, don't get uh, like who don't get consistent earnings. They're not they're like they're they're having to pay off everything month to month, so mm -hmm. they're not actually earning money. They're like you know they're paying everything mm -hmm. off, so they're breaking even every yeah. month. So um, and children. And he, children are the highest demographic in the poverty line. I mean, that is the biggest demographic there, children. And uh, it doesn't benefit them at all. Um, so uh, she has a lot of red flags in her, um, hmm. in her uh, career as the California Attorney General. Uh, she defended the uh, Department of Corrections in its efforts to prevent transgender inmates from getting reassignment surgery. 
She's anti-sex workers. She fought... Oh, uh, did not know that. Yeah, she fought to keep wrongfully accused, the wrongfully accused in prison, has a mental gymnastics approach to the death penalty where she supports it, but she doesn't. Um, hmm. But, I mean, she's Do also... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Let's let's bring out the big guns here. Do you want her to support the death penalty? No, I do. No, definitely. I I think it's fucked up that she says she personally doesn't support it, but she still supports it. In action. In action. Got it. Um. Uh. Thank you for saving me there. No, no, um, no. I'm just curious. No, I don't no. know how people stand on it. I'm I don't personally. Know. I don't like what it says about us as a country. Mm. Uh. Uh. And more often than not, it does more damage. Um, Got it. Uh, I think, um, but she's also, to be fair, she's made great strides to, as Attorney General, to combat uh, implicit police bias, and mm. uh, she uh, made sure to try to keep first offenders out of jail, first time offenders out of jail. And all that being said, she's faced these receipts, these like, yo, what about this that you did? She's faced all that head on. She hasn't denied it. She's talked about it. She's started a conversation on it. So I give her mad props. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah. So she's, she's a difficult one. I I feel like she, it it, it could well be her, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, yeah, we'll see with her. I, she was my choice going in, uh, you know, last year. I was, like, saying, okay, Kamala Harris. Mm. Um, uh, uh, Ex-San Antonio Mayor Julian Castro is also running. Uh, he is uh, the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under Obama. Mm. Uh, he defends free trade, which is kind of wish-washy, I think. Uh, he defends Can you explain that to me? Like, you know, like the Trans-Pacific Partnership and, and stuff like that. You know. Trade, international you tra- Well, know. like international trade deals, you know, okay. how, how, you know, how, how we import and export. And he's really big on, on free, uh, free trade because of the good it's done for San Antonio. But it, in the, he says the only thing we need to do to make that, uh, uh, policies like that work is we just need to be more mindful when it comes to, you know, how it impacts the worker. But I think, uh, I think that's bullshit. But I'm willing to hear him out. Uh, <laughs> he also has a twin in Congress, like a straight that's, up twin. Um, wild. Weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> don't love that. <laughs> you don't love I that don't he has a twin? I trust twins. I don't trust them. Um, okay, then there's uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who is the first Hindi member of Congress. Um, she is a really controversial member of Congress, though, in that she met with uh, Bashar al-Assad uh, and sided with uh, Vladimir Putin on uh, Obama-U.S. intervention in Syria, which is kind of like all over. I mean, that's like all over the map. I mean, that's messy. She met with yeah. Bashar al-Assad. Who is? I don't know. He's the leader. Of, he's the dictator of Syria. He's okay. he's you know m- major bad guy, <laughs> huge villain. Really, <laughs> like, the, the nastiest nasty. Oh, yikes. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I think a big part of that has to do with her, you know, um, her stance on Islam. Uh, she's not afraid to use the term radical Islamic uh, terror. And, um, you know, a lot of people say she has some Islamophobia. Uh, hmm. And, uh, you know... That treads into waters that I'm not really going to get into right now, but hmm. that's what people are talking about. But she is an Iraq war vet. Oh, wow. Uh, she, fought, she was in the National Guard. Um, 
Interesting. She has garden variety positions as a Democrat, uh, anti-regime change wars, reducing nuclear armaments, tax corporations, help small businesses, farmers, you know, the usual bullshit. Nothing really terribly interesting there. Uh, you continue with the, you know, comment. <laughs> Everything is like this, 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 you know. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Sorry, say that again? <laughs> All I... the words you just said to me made no sense. Okay. But no, it's okay. You don't have okay. to break it down. Well, I'm so... getting the gist. Good. Yes. Okay. You're doing a good job, but well, just that one sentence was put, pushed me back a little. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay, and then there's uh, Representative John Delaney. This guy is a nothing. He's a wash. Centrist for workers' rights, education, infrastructure reform. I mean, everybody is. Right. Uh, his big policy idea is international coalition against China's intellectual property theft, uh, a la like a, another Trans-Pacific Partnership type deal. So he's really big on battling it out with the Chinese when it comes to uh, economics and, and uh, business and that sort of thing. Hmm. It's a weird stance to take. It's not necessarily a wrong one. There is a lot of uh, intellectual property theft coming out of China. It just uh, can't be a priority, a lot of people would say. I just, um, it's, it's a weird thing to make the forefront of your campaign. I mean, that was kind of what, one of the big things for Trump was just saying China. Uh, so, uh, China. China. Um, <laughs> So that's him. You're, uh, you're not seeing that Elliot is doing the hand motion, the Trump yeah. hands yeah. as well. <laughs> He's still doing it. Bigly. Which you can't see. Huge. <laughs> um, and then, okay, then there's Marianne Williamson. And now this is an interesting one. This is like the longest long shot in the whole fucking thing, right? Uh, she was a spiritual advisor to Oprah Winfrey. Uh, she's now running for president under the Democratic ticket. I has don't... she done anything political? Has she no. had, held any political? No. no. Okay. No. So nothing. she's the Trump of this year. You you could say that. I mean, she's more like the Jill Stein. She's promising okay. things that uh, are unlikely. Uh, but what she is saying we should be doing is really interesting. And and no, it's beyond interesting. It's something that ought to happen. And this is where it gets into difficult territory. Her big, her big stance is $10 billion in reparations every year for 10 years to African-Americans. And, you know, enough said. That's something that we've been asking for for a long time. And it's not like, Wait, you know, $10 million? $10 billion each year, every year for 10 years. Spread between all African-Americans in the country? Yeah. Yeah. Do we talk about it? So we'll just... We're going back to our roots of the first episode. By messing up the audio. We messed up the audio, folks. We done goofed. We missed a whole section uh, that Elliot did. So I'm just going to... Uh, where we left off was we were talking about uh, 10 billion reparations every year. Uh, um, under which candidate? Uh, under Marianne Williamson, the spiritual advisor to Oprah Winfrey. Uh, only in 2019. Um, so $10 billion in reparations every year for 10 years to African Americans. Uh, this is something that people have been saying... Oh yeah, it's a good idea, but we just not now. We don't have the money now. Yada yada yada. You know, Bill Clinton had a huge fucking surplus in the '90s. That was a time to start. I mean, hell, we could have stopped climate change in the '80s, but we voted for Reagan twice. So you know, it's just you know, and if not now, when? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll start going off there. Jefferson. With a belly out to there. <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, um, I definitely think that uh, this is an important policy that should be enacted, and I'm glad that at least, you know, 
she is running, she'll likely have a place at the debate, I think. Mm. She may be at the kitty table debate, but she'll still have a platform a yeah, to speak, to speak about it and hopefully inspire other people. It'll start the conversation again on a national level, so cool. great. Uh, and then there's former tech executive um, Andrew Yang, really interesting guy. Uh, he is, uh, his big thing is basic uh, human income. A thousand dollar monthly check in the mail to every U.S. citizen over 18. Uh, I'll take you, it. Yeah, you can't beat that, folks. I mean, that would pay maybe half of my rent. I know. <laughs> but, uh, hey, <laughs> I ain't complaining. Listen, you chose this life. This life didn't you? Uh, yeah, no, I really, I got into the fast lane, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and so, again, long shot, but interesting uh, and uh, something that is only going to become more and more uh, prevalent in political debate as we move forward. He's another non-political candidate, right? Yeah. He yeah, hasn't done anything. Exec. Yeah, nothing. Interesting. Um, and then uh, Senator Chris, Kirsten Gillibrand uh, has not actually formally announced a run. She announced that she had started an exploratory committee. Where is she from? Uh, where is New she, York. Senator? Okay. Um, so she gained a lot of prominence uh, uh, when Al Franken uh, was accused of and uh, was accused of sexual misconduct, and she led the charge in getting him to resign and getting him to step down from uh, from office. So she became kind of known as the Me Too senator, uh, to quote. Um, and uh, her big policy right now that she's been touting is. Uh, to require that companies adopt a universal paid parental leave policy, which is uh, undeniably something that uh, we should have been doing, you know, decades ago. Um, Australia, they have a speed there. <laughs> Everywhere has a speed. <laughs> and Australia has giant bats that are the size of foxes. So why don't we get up to date with the people with the crazy fox bats? Listen, they have their leave for... It, their vacation is crazy. Like, if you've worked somewhere for 10 years, you get, like, I'm probably, I'm paraphrasing, I'm sure. But I think you get, like, a six-month vacation if you work somewhere for 10 years. Like after Six months? Like, something crazy. I met That's this Australian wild. couple on, on vacation once, yeah. and, and they were like, yeah, we're taking our trip that we've waited, like, you know, 10 years We'll take it on trip? <laughs> Was that Australian? It's never Australian. We'll take it on trip? <laughs> hey, what take it off trip? No, it's like a couple of shrimp it's on like the bobby. It's like what take what what take it off trip? <laughs> That's good. Bravo. <laughs> That's very ten, good. Ten years. <laughs> ten years at the factory. <laughs> and now we're here. Shrimp on the bobby. Shrimp on the bobby. We're offensive. Um, what? No, we're not. We're not. That you can't be. You can't be offensive. Stereotype about yeah, Australia. Uh, that of quote. Australians. That's what everyone says. You're so an Aussie. Aussie okay, right? Osborne, Sharon. Okay, moving right along. Um, so that's uh, well. Okay, right. We were talking about uh, Christian Gilbrand. Mm -hmm. How did we get off on that? I don't know. Uh, oh, parental leave. Right. So. She um, does take quite a bit of money from Wall Street, and uh, she defended big tobacco for a number of years, and she was anti-immigration a decade ago. But a decade ago may seem like a long time, but it was 2009, folks. <laughs> 2009. Right after Obama was elected. Folks. Right after Obama was elected. Right. That's a problem. Yeah. Messy. So, 
Um, that's kind of where we stand with the announced uh, and uh, declared candidates. Um, Joe Biden is yet to announce. Uh, I'm sure he will. Really? Yeah, because we saw so many people who could have, who we were waiting to hear from, drop out. Uh, Sherrod Brown of Ohio, who I was really big for. Um, uh, Michael Bloomberg. Really big for him, almost too. Almost worked for him. Didn't get hired. You almost worked for Michael Bloomberg? Well, I almost worked for his um, philanthropies, his, his charity. Wild. They uh, told me that I didn't get the job because they were under the impression that I wanted to be an actor, and they didn't see the long-term potential. And I said, you can't expect someone to want to be a receptionist at a philanthropy company yeah, for what your the whole fuck? life. <laughs> so, but that being said, I have a friend who did get hired for the job, and I have full belief that she's going to work her way up in the company and she's going to be running it in 10 years. Amazing. That being said, that's not what I wanted. So it's a silver <laughs> right. lining. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Every <for> cloud. <laughs> so that's, that's that on nice. uh, what I know about the Democratic primaries that are coming. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, you're very welcome. I feel way more informed than I was before because... It's easy to just skim all this stuff and not fully understand it and then just go with whoever everybody else is going with. So I think it's beneficial to our listeners. Um, that being said, if they're, I mean, if they're on the Democratic side, right. it could be beneficial to them to hear the options. I can't imagine anybody who's conservative has spent this long listening to me talk. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> and get out and vote in your primaries. Get out there and fucking vote. Do you, not, you don't care which side... I don't care who you vote for, but get out there and vote. But also, please not Trump. Please not Trump. Please, That's for the love of God. Ask. Please, just anybody but that garbage fire shitbag. Please. Uh, all right. Oh, great. All okay. Right. So what I would love to teach you about today uh, is the phenomenon known as the fire Festival. I've only heard whispers. <laughs> um, this is the craziest, it's just the craziest thing that's happened in a while. <laughs> ever. I'm making a point. Ever. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> craziest thing that's happened ever. I can't believe I haven't heard it. Um, there are two documentaries out, so I'm sure listeners have heard a good amount about them, but you haven't, so that's right. what we're here for. Right. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. So, yeah, buckle in. So, the Fire Festival was started by a man named Billy McFarland. Uh-huh. Which yeah. already sounds like a cartoon, yeah, right? Billy if McFarland. you're an adult named Billy, I don't trust you <laughs> immediately, right? <laughs> So he has been a con artist his entire life. Right. This is okay. I want to. I want to clarify that this is all. Uh, this is all through like me researching it, watching the documentaries. You watch both the Hulu and the Netflix. Both the of the documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um. So he's basically been a con artist forever. He, literally, in one of the documentaries, he talks. He's he's interviewed and he talks about how in third grade. He had a crush on a girl that was sitting next to him, mm-hmm. and he would—he saw that she had broken crayons, 
and he offered to charge her a dollar to fix her crayons and then started a whole business out of fixing kids' crayons. So from third grade, he's already making money off of innocent people, right? By fixing crayons, okay. By fixing crayons, which, like, you can survive. You can get another what, 52 just, box. Like, he tape them? I think Boom. he, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Elliot, I don't know the details. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not talking about crayons here. Okay. Today's topic is crayons. Crayons. I hate when people say crowns. Fuck you, honestly. Yeah, you were the worst. <laughs> you were the problem. Look at the sounds in the word and say it as it is <laughs> Look read. Look at the sounds. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. <laughs> so his first kind of major, he, he was always an entrepreneur, but like always with a, a twinge of corruption, uh -huh. right? So he, when he was 20, I think maybe like 23, two or 23 he was upset that he couldn't have access to the black card the credit card oh yeah yeah so he decided to start his own company which was like a card it was called magnesis and it basically was an extension of your credit card that gave you some additional benefits and he had this um this like townhouse in new york that he rented for thirteen thousand dollars a month and it was a a home base for all these people that were a part of this club of magnesis and they could go there to work and like socialize and they threw parties and stuff like that mm. um so that's basically where he started um so he basically built this like he, he built an entrepreneur personality mm -hmm. and from there he was able to convince people to invest in it mm -hmm. to invest in magnesis um, he got the rapper Ja Rule on board right. with Magnesis, which was like a big deal. Um, and through that card, he would, it, it was like a card and a club. And in the club, he would sell tickets to things like Beyonce concerts and Hamilton and like shit that nobody could get tickets to. He would right. just buy a bunch of tickets and then sell them. But the, the big, the big problem was that people that worked for him said that he would say that he had like 200 tickets and he just didn't. Right. So then he would buy them for all this money and he actually wouldn't be able to afford it and he would have to do some other con to just be able to afford that. So it's like this whole cycle, his whole life Jeez. of being a dick. Right. Yeah. Um, so then he has this idea for the fire festival, which is advertised as this, luxurious celebrity packed music festival in the bahamas um but when it comes down to it they have nothing to base that off of it's right. just an idea that he thinks he can pull off because he's a privileged piece of shit right um so he gets all these people on board the way they market it is they have this orange tile on instagram so they get people to post this like just plain orange photo mm. and tag fire festival and it's supposed to like stop people in their tracks when they're scanning through instagram so they're like what is this and then it sends them to the link to the festival um and in addition to that they have all these celebrities go to this island and they film this video shoot so it's like kendall jenner and um bella hadid and all these like supermodels Along with this weird group of like no name white guys in bathing suits, that like that's right. the weirdest part to me. It's like why you didn't get both? No, no, no. Gen it, you just, oh, it's it's purely for it's for the women. Yeah, yeah. So they do this whole video shoot. 
they got all these people on board and it just is it's just an ad for it that makes it look like this is what the actual festival is gonna be like um and and that's all they needed which is crazy um they advertise that it's gonna be on this island that was owned by pablo escobar at one point um which is supposed to be glamorous i guess i don't really <laughs> get that uh but people start buying tickets and they buy like certain people spent like fifty thousand dollars on a certain package without having any confirmation like not seeing really any real visuals of what it was going to be like it's all the influence which is just like our generation in a nutshell it's really frustrating (laughs) um but yeah, he is just a piece of shit. <laughs> Basically, all I want to talk about is how he sucks. Like, right. I understand there were a lot of people that were wrapped up in this that felt, either they felt like something really was going to happen or, I'm not sure, but at the end of the day, he is the worst. Like, when you watch his documentaries, you're just like, this guy is garbage. I can't. He somehow manages to get all these investors on board. Every time they talk about how he gets these people to finance it, it's like Billy just knows who to call. He just calls someone and it happens. Mm -hmm. Which is sort of a plot hole, in my opinion. Like, what what is he doing exactly? But he gets this this big investor at the last minute, um, right before all this shit is about to go down, basically. So he has enough money to, like, make it seem like it's going to happen. But it doesn't really (laughs) So, basically, you should watch the documentaries, those listening, because it provides a lot of information. But essentially, it gets to the date of the festival. Uh All these young, millennial, rich people show up. The company producing it has bought, they've bought $2 million worth of booze, but they have no bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just... I mean, it's just, like, apocalyptic from the the, right. the looks of it. Um, and he, he hired all these local people from the Bahamas, didn't yeah. pay them. No, naturally, right. Promised them all this money, asked them to, to do manual labor, to prep the site, to make food, etc. Never pays them. Um, and it's just, I mean, it is kind of funny to watch all these rich people be like, What? But it is also scary. Yeah. Like, yeah, they I, had nowhere... You've never seen the documentaries, right? No, I've never seen any of them. But I know that, like, they, they, they were, like... They couldn't get planes in and out of there, right? Like, people were, like, stranded. People were literally stranded. That's they were so promised harsh. these villas that they were going to stay in. And instead, they were in literal FEMA tents that said FEMA on the outside. Oh, my God. Like, it was a shit show. Um... So, of course, he's, like, he's got all these excuses. He's saying, like, it was the weather because it was a monsoon the night before, which, I don't know. Fail the plan, you plan to fail. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, essentially, it goes to shit. Right. He has an $100 million lawsuit against him, against, against the festival as a whole. Right. And he is indicted or whatever. I don't know the lingo, but he's basically going to jail. Right. He goes to jail. He's out on bail. 
and he starts yet another scam. Oh my god. He starts another scam while he's on bail waiting. To find know. out about this scam. Exactly. Right. So he starts another scam that is called NYC VIP access and it's essentially just an email account or it's an email it's an email that's sent to everyone who was on the Firefest list mm -hmm. that's like here are these VIP tickets to like this to the Masters and the Victoria's Secret fashion show and all these things again tickets he doesn't have right. but I'm just like shocked that someone could be so dumb and send it to the same people that he just scammed. Like, why not target a new population? Yeah, seriously. You're going for the same people. <laughs> right. But it's not under his name. It's under a different name. It's uh. under the name Frank Tribble, which is a guy he basically got to speak for him. So he would, like, talk into Frank's ear and tell Frank what to say on the phone oh, to scam wow. these people. So wow. they all didn't know it was the same guy who had just scammed him. So I'm sure there are people that fell for it. Absolutely. But... So, like, that's just, like, the last thing you want to do when you're already in trouble. In trouble, right. right. Let's, do, let's do it again. <laughs> I mean, he's just, I'm, I'm sure he's got some serious... Oh, it's a compulsion, absolutely. Compulsion and addiction. Yeah. He's addicted to, I don't even know. To the what. grind, bruh. To the grind. Um, and the, <laughs> a, an interesting tidbit that's included in the Hulu documentary is that now, so now he's in jail. Right. And in jail, apparently, he's teaching a class on music entrepreneurship to his fellow inmates. So he's still, <laughs> still running a business. Oh, I love in it. In jail. Oh, that's incredible. And that is like the very quick, quick, quick summary of the Fire Festival. Jeez. Okay. So now that you know about the Fire Festival, yeah, I thought we could play a little game. Great. Um, because the only thing that I have ever experienced that was similar to the panic of the fire festival was a time that I went on a whale watch in a storm. So I thought we could play a game called fire festival documentaries or whale watch in a storm. So you want me to decide whether or not what you're about to tell me is from the fire fest docs or precisely from your excursion on a whale watching tour. Precisely. With a storm mm -hmm. on, 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 the, on the way. It's great. Okay. So let's start with an easy one first. Just, you know, a little ball. Yeah. Get out of the way. Okay. <clears throat> the first one is fire festival dock or whale watch in a storm. Ended with someone in federal prison for six years. I'm going to assume fire fest. Great. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we, I wish we had a sound effect. Yeah, you, well, this is all you, <laughs> oh maestro. My all right, next one. <clears throat> uh, an official food option was cheese sandwich. Fire festival or whale watch in a storm? I'm going to say whale watch. Nope. <laughs> oh! The fire festival... You should just get the lady ringing the bell from Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, the, a big controversy was that while fi Fire Festival was happening, someone posted that 
their food was a cheese sandwich and it was a piece of bread with a, a Kraft Singles on top with a tomato next to it. And that next was like, to it, not on Not sandwich. on it. So that was, was like it? their gourmet food So it was like option. a quarter of tomato, like a wedge of tomato? It was like a plum-sized tomato. Oh, so it was just like a little... Just little... on the side, a full tomato. And it was, what, white bread with Kraft Singles? Exactly. Wow. Not even toasted. Not even melted <laughs> Not cheese. even, not a grilled cheese, mind yeah. you. This was just an cheese sandwich. Exactly. Okay. All right. Next one is <clears throat> Fire Festival Duck or Whale Watch in a Storm. A girl sitting over her own vomit and scream crying while another girl told her it would be okay. Okay, that's got to be whale watching. Yes! <laughs> Wait! <laughs> and the girl who told her it would be okay, that was me. You were the girl who told her yes. it was going to be okay? There was a girl off the back of the boat screaming like her first child. You mean child. aft? Sorry? Aft? What did I say? You said the back of the boat. Do you mean aft? <laughs> Isn't Is it that... called the stern? Or the... Stern and aft. And then starboard and... Sure, Elliot, sure. I'll give it Starburst time. and Snickers. Okay, let's go. No, but she was off the back and she was yelling. Like, like, ah, just like yelling. Because it was the roughest seas I've ever been in. And people were just throwing up all over the place. Like children throwing up. <laughs> grandparents throwing up. Everybody was throwing up. And this woman was off the back of the boat. Her throw up just on the back of the boat. Like there for everyone to see. <laughs> And I went out to try to not feel nauseous and get a little break and get some fresh air. And I looked over at her and I was like, it's going to be okay. And she just looked at me, nodded, and then kept crying. <laughs> you saw grandparents throwing up. Oh, yeah. That would be the most distressing well, thing to see elderly people just boking all over the place. The problem was that the, the grandparents were there with their two young grandchildren. Were they throwing up on the babies? And the babies were the first two to go. Because we looked at them and we were like, I literally think I said, oh, I think he's about to. And then just bleh, this little kid throws up everywhere. Like and then the geyser. grandparents were trying to console them, but they were also nauseous. Because it was like you were going on like a roller coaster. Like sure. up, up a wave and then slamming, slamming down. down and just right, your yeah, so you're just okay. spinning around. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Next, um, fire festival or a whale watch. Um, a pirate ship was involved. That's a tricky one. That is a tricky one. I'm going to say whale watch. Nope. <laughs> no. Uh, no. So, so Billy McFarland, uh, the creator of the Fire Festival, as shit was going down, he already was in debt. He decided to ask his uh, people to get him a pirate ship uh, as part of the festival. And what, they were so, all like, what the hell? So what? they fucking churn out the Black Pearl for him? I don't, to... they, I don't even know if they successfully got one, but just the fact that he wanted one was crazy. I want a pirate <laughs> Blinking uncontrollably, as you say. Exactly. He, yeah, he blinks a lot. Okay. Next. Um, an unofficial warning not to use the bathrooms. Fire festival docks or whale watch? Fire festival. Wrong again. Holy <laughs> shit. God fucking damn it. <laughs> no, so they tell, you when, they tell you when you're seasick. To not go in the small bathrooms because you have no gauge of where you are, so you just get more sick and then you can't come out because you just are. It's just you just makes it nonstop. Right. So, even though people were throwing up, they were not doing it in a private place because they knew they shouldn't. 
Okay. So everybody was throwing up and everywhere, everybody. everywhere. Mm -hmm. Nice. It felt like a natural disaster was happening. <laughs> well, there was. It was a storm. <laughs> Thank you, Toronto. Off the starboard. Guy. Ahoy. Um. Okay. Just um a couple more. Fire festival or whale whale watch? People huddling together for warmth. Uh, fire. Wrong again! What oh, shit. the fuck? <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> Wilhelm scream, love it. Elliot, it's the Bahamas. It's not that cold. Meanwhile, we were in Bo the seas of the Boston. Of the Boston. Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and it was freezing. And we all thought we were going to die. <clears throat> <laughs> Boston of variety. the Boston Ocean. All right, two more. Great. I wonder if I'll get it this time. Fire festival or whale watch? Colon, eluding mentality. Run that one by me one more Just time. Just that there was a looting mentality. Was it on the whale watch or was it at fire festival? I'm going to say Fire Festival. Oh! Nicely done, yes. If there was a looting mentality on the ship, I don't know what Are you that keeping would track of my points? Oh, no, I'm not, but I can tally them. All, <laughs> All right, last one. Fire Festival or Whale Watch. People yelling at the staff. Turn around. Whale watch. It's a trick question. It was both. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, when the people arrived at the fire festival, they were on school buses. And then as they pulled up to the tents, they were all like, no, turn around. <laughs> and I was yelling at the staff of the whale watch to turn around. <laughs> turn this ship around, Captain. I could just see you. Nautical Ellen. You're there on the mast, so turn the ship around! <laughs> oh, man, that'd be good. You and a yellow slicker like the fisherman with the fish sticks, that'd be great. <laughs> and that's the fire festival. That was lit AF, mon mm -hmm. frere. More lit than the festival itself, I would say. Quite literally, fire. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Well, another day, another dollar. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, but I was like, another day, another piece of bacon. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't remember. I love it. I love it. I love it. Another. <laughs> another pig slaughtered, another day over. <laughs> Bleak. Bleak. Okay, forks over knives. Uh, but seriously, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Truly, truly. I hope it was beneficial to you. I hope we we were able to impart some wisdom both on Democratic uh, candidates mm -hmm. and on uh, the travesty that was <laughs> the fire Festival and the whale watching. Honestly, uh, don't go on a whale watch. <laughs> <laughs> I spilled a bottle of Sprite on a whale watch. That was the worst thing that happened to me. That was oh, that. no. And Mrs. V was like, what are you doing? And that was the end of it. Anyway. All right. Uh, <laughs> and with that, we'll see you we'll next see you time. time. Bye. Bye. Come on and get a piece of this.
to this late night lover, you know, the one that say kids like no other, I know, I got a lot of things I need to explain, but baby, you know the name, and love is about pain, so stop the complaints and drop the order restraint, our sex life's a game, so back me down in the pain, I can't wait no more, cause it's about a quarter past three, and sure days I'm